I was praying this week about what to share because I, I really tru- do, truly do try to ask the Lord, like, what do you want to say, you know? And uh, I, I, like, I'm not a big, like, God told me, you know? Um, but I really, I, I felt the whisper of the Spirit, and he, I felt him say this, I want, you, I want you to talk on the right here, right now, God. <laughs> and um, uh, Mitch made fun of me and said that my title was too long, but there you go, Mitch, God told me. So the first one, <laughs> the first one to say God told me usually wins the argument, right? <laughs> Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a psalm, and, and it's, not all of the words are on the screen. I want you to do is I want you to just listen. It's, it's uh, Psalm 46. I suppose if you have it on your phone or if you have a Bible or whatever, you can follow along. But just listen to what the psalmist writes, and this is what, what, this is what it says. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help. In trouble. Therefore, we, we will not fear, though the earth should change and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. And then he has that mu- musical interlude, the word sila. He says, There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the most holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come behold the works of the Lord who has wrought desolations into the earth. He makes wars to cease To the end of the earth, he breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. Uh, uh, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. (laughs) So we were out a few weeks ago for lunch with some friends and... um, this lady had posted on her Facebook just a, like a device, and I won't tell you, just like a, a, a device, she shared it. And um, I have like, look, that looks so interesting, but I, I looked at the video and I kind of followed up with the device, and, and, um, and, uh, and so I, I never liked it. And so, so, so we're having lunch, and I said to her, I said, so that thing that you posted, like, like was that, like, is that a real, like, that's a real thing, hey? And she's like, uh, she kind of looked at me confused, and then I was like, um, "She's like, what are you, what are you, what are you talking about?" I'm like, "You know that you posted that like saying the other day," and she looks at me, and her eyes kind of like, and she goes, ah, "You never liked my status, right?" And I'm like, I guess I didn't, holy cow. And I started thinking about it. And I was thinking, it's kind of funny how we live that way. It's like you post something on social media and if somebody likes it, you're like immediately like, yes, today is gonna be a good day, right? (laughs) Come on, confession time. If you get a whole bunch of likes on something, don't lie to me, don't lie in church. Is it, am I telling, am I speaking the truth or what? You're like, I like the likes. I feel loved when I get likes. Anyway, um, 
<laughs> I was thinking about it. I'm like, there are certain rules in our society. If somebody posts something that you like, or so, if someone posts something, you like it. And if you don't like it, don't like it and don't comment. Anyway, um, so right here, right now, God, I in my mind had that done better into a transition that made, made sense, um, but it's gone now. Um, so he starts out this passage of scripture and he says this. Okay, so he says, God is our refuge and our strength. God is our refuge and our strength. What is a refuge? It's a hiding place. God is your hiding place right here, right now. I am not a naive person. I, I know that the world is not just like fairy tales and lollipops and good ship Pollyanna. I know that. <laughs> I live in the real world too. I have struggles and challenges and things that come up with family members that's just like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen? And, and moments where you're like, God, if you don't move in this situation, I don't know what's going to happen. And so I have like my eyes wide open. I know that sometimes it's like, well, you, you, you just, you know, you preachers, you just talk about all the positive stuff all the time. And it's like, you're not living in the real world. You know what? The truth of the matter is that the real world, the real reality is that God is right here, right now. And in um, amidst, amidst our pain, his presence is just as real. When we, when we go through life and we have questions of like, why, why is this not turning out the way I thought it would? And, and I tried this and it didn't work. And we have these questions and we have these disappointments and we have these hurts. The reality is this, that God is present. He's an ever-present help in trouble. Right in your moments of your deepest pain. I'm yelling. I need to come. <laughs> right in your moments when you're like, God is so far away, God, where are you? He's like, I'm here. Right here in your moment. <laughs> I don't know what your week was like. I don't know what the last month or the last year of your life has been like. But can I tell you something? I feel that the Lord wants to give you a word that no matter what questions you have, no matter what struggles you have, God is in this moment now with you. He is as near as the mention of his name. So refuge, this word occurs about 20 times in the Old Testament. It means a shelter from the rain or from the storm or from danger or from falsehood. It's literally a place of hope. God, you are my place of hope. No matter what the details of life look like, no matter what our emotions are doing, no matter what's going on in our relationships, he is an ever-present help. He is your refuge. He's your hiding place. Listen to me, when you have challenges and struggles in your life, don't run away from God, run to God. He's never turned me away. You say, oh, but you don't know what I've done. Run to him. Run to him even if you have a, a struggle with sin, run to him as your refuge. If you have a struggle with fear, run to him as your shelter. And then he says this, he's, he's not only our refuge, so he's not only our hiding place, but he is also our strength. Now the English Bible translates that word there from the Hebrew a few different ways. It can be translated as a force or a majesty or a boldness or a power or a might. Not only is he our hiding place, but he is our strength. You say life has, 
has dealt me some blows and I just don't know if I could keep going. I just, I just don't listen to me. God is the source of your strength. It's not something that you need to work up and think, well, if I just pray hard enough and contort my face and I don't know, groan and moan. Like that's when, I, when I was first told to pray, we were supposed to be serious, you know. Like God would really take us seriously if we said, oh God, oh God, oh God, you know. <laughs> but look, God is your strength. I know that life can sap energy out of us. But if we go to him and just say, Lord, you're my strength. Jesus said that we would bear fruit if we were connected. Just being connected to, to God, just being connected to him is a source of strength. And then he ends that first verse and he says, he's a very present help in trouble. He is, or in the, in the, in the footnotes, it says abundantly available for help. Let me ask you a question. When you think of God, do you see him as your refuge? Do you see him as your place of safety? Or, or, or do you have other thoughts toward what he's like towards you? Because I want to tell you that no matter what your lifestyle is, no matter what your struggles are, he wants to be your safe place, your shelter from the storms of life, your place of clarity when confusion is thrown at you and tossed at you. Next slide. Isaiah the prophet, he says this, Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, nor his, his ear so dull that it cannot hear. A lot of people, I think that their God has cloth ears and short arms. Isn't it good news that our God is able that no matter what is going on, we can pick up a spirit of faith and, and, and just say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. You, you know what faith is? Faith is the possession of a fighting spirit. I love what Pastor Drake shared last week. He said, don't fight fair. Faith is like that little, how many of you know who Conor McGregor is? He's a UFC fighter, three of you. <laughs> Conor McGregor is the lippiest, well, he did get his mouth shut last month when he, um, with that jujitsu guy. But he's like the lippiest fighter. And, and, and when he fights, people who have fought him, and he's Irish, and uh, like me, uh, we're a lot alike, especially if I took my shirt off. No. Um, <laughs> anyway, he is the lippiest fighter. And I think maybe it's because he's got a background as a boxer. People who have fought him said, honestly, he was a hard fight. But I got to say, Dude never shut up the whole fight. Like the whole fight long, he was making fun of my mom and he was, you know, like, I'm gonna hit you again. And they, like these guys are like, he was just exhausting. That, I, I think about faith like that a little bit. Like it's, a, it's not cocky, but it is a little bit cocky because our faith is not in us. Our faith is not in that we're gonna work everything out in our own mind. Our faith is, tr is in something that's higher and greater and stronger. Okay, next he says in this Psalm, this is so insane. Think about what he's saying here because we read these words. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change and though the mountains should slip into the heart of the sea. I don't know about you, but if I was on a holiday and the mountains started sliding into the sea, there would be some fear in me. 
Don't you see? See, I'm rhyming too. So he says, even if that happens, the psalmist is so confident in God. He's like, even, and I know he's using metaphor to pull you into the picture, and he says, even if that happens, and, and, and the, though the waters roar and foam, Though the the mountains quake at its swelling pride, though all of this, he's saying, when all hell breaks loose, when it's like, I just don't know, and I don't even know what I don't know, like, I'm just like, God. He's like, then I'm not, I'm I'm not, I'm not going to fear. Next slide. Then he goes and he juxtaposes what he says now, so if, if what's going on out there is, the world, like the mountains are falling into the sea and all this stuff. Then, then he says this, he, he starts, he talks about this river of God. And compared to the, the storms of life and compared to the catastrophe of life and compared to the unknowns of life and all of that stuff, then he says this, there is a river whose streams Make glad the city of God. Now, when you read that in the Bible, when it talks about the city of God, initially they were talking about Jerusalem. And a lot of these psalms in the Psalter were songs that would be chanted as as the people were going up toward the holy city. In Hebrews, later on, the writer says that we have all come to the city of the living God. And in a spiritual sense then, when you talk about the city of God, what you're going to begin to talk about, I believe anyway, is in part he's starting to talk to and reflect about the new covenant church. And he says, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the most high God. God is in the midst of her. He's saying God is in the midst of his city. God is in the midst of his church. God is in the midst of your life. He's in the midst of your questions. He's in the midst of your dysfunction. He's in the midst of your hurt. He's in the midst. And he says, and she shall not be moved. God is in the midst of you. Listen to me. You need to know something about yourself. You're stronger than you think you are. You can go through more than you think you can. I'll even say this, you can accomplish more than you ever would have dreamed or desired, especially if you make God your dwelling place. So while all of these things are going on in the previous verse, he's saying there's a a river that's flowing deep and wide. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a... I don't know why I always sing the old songs, they come up here. You guys pull it out of me, I'm telling you what. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. Think about that for a second. You know, weeping may endure for the night. You might have to go through some dark moments. You might have to walk through maybe a dark night of the soul from time to time, but no matter what, and no matter how dark it gets at nighttime, and no matter how scared you are of the darkness, The sun will always come up in the morning. And as sure as the morning is going to dawn, God is for you. He is as close as the mention of his name. He says, um, the nations made an uproar and kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts. Stop, 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 stop. When the Bible says the Lord of hosts, what's it talking about? 
I love the way Eugene Peterson changes the translation in the message because it's just more, because the Lord of hosts, well, the Lord of hosts is with us. Hallelujah, brother, praise the Lord. What does that really mean? The God of stinking heaven's armies. And these people get so demon focused. Even if the, the, like there's, if you go down that whole thing of like there was one third of the angels that went with Lucifer, you know, if you're, there's still two thirds of them. Like there's still twice as many. <laughs> like we're still outnumbering them, okay? The good are outnumbering the bad at least in a two to one ratio. I like those odds, don't you? <laughs> the God of heaven's army. He's with us. The God of Jacob, and then I love that he says the God of Jacob is our stronghold and he's relating it back to, just remember this, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, that God was with Abraham and God led Abraham and God was faithful to Abraham and then God was faithful to Isaac and God led Isaac and he supplied for him and he looked after him and then he's like the God of Jacob and it's like you look through scripture at generation after generation after generation that attests to the faithfulness of God. Next slide. I thought about this because when we think about this river that's so wide and you can see the, the contrast between the, the dysfunction of him saying the mountains are going into the sea and all this stuff, but there's a stream. When I think about that river of God, it, I just ha- it just brought me to Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. In meanwhile, where all of this chaos is happening externally, God's presence is so wide and so deep, and so high, and, and it's just like this, I rem- do you remember a few years ago when the, the, there was all the flooding in Calgary, and even the North Saskatchewan was like super, super high. We used to go for walks, like we lived close to the River Valley on the north end, north side, um, and <laughs> we used to go walking down there, and it was, it was just like, it, was, it, would, it would honestly take my breath away at how wide the river was when the rain was really, uh, when it had really rained that year. It was so wide, like it was up on the bank, it was flowing over trees. And, and, I, and, th- and I think of that when I think of how, how, how the psalmist talks about the river of God. And then look at what Paul says. He has his prayer, you know, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father and goes, and, and then this is so crazy. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. So inner strength comes through being connected to him, not through uh, making something up or doing something yourself. And he says, um, you know that you'll grow, you know, God's love will keep you strong and da, 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 da. And I love, I should probably read it because I kind of seem irreverent, don't I? (laughs) Okay. Then Christ will make his home in your heart. Now you're laughing at me. Um, okay, so forget it. My point is, <laughs> is how he ends it. And he says that you have the power to understand as all of God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. And then he says, and then you'll be made complete. But think about like, that concept that God's river, and we, when, when I was a young person, we were all jumping in the river. 
We were singing about the river. We were swimming in the river. We were washing in the river. We were in the river, man. Um, but it's just a metaphor and it's a picture of God's presence. And that the fact that, so when the, that flood season a few years ago, it was so wide, it was so deep, but there was just this calm, but a depth to it that just made you stop and look. And the truth is, is if we just connect, we really just stay connected to the source, connected to God, all of the things in life that want to pull us, push us, get us down, keep us down, push us out, put us out, whatever, it's just details. Next slide. Oh yeah, this is the end of that passage. Now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. He can do more than you ask or think. Glory to him in the church, in Christ Jesus through all ages, forever and ever. Amen. Next one. David, the psalmist writing here. And he says, I would have despised unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. What do you do when you're just like, God, what? The mountains are falling, my life is falling apart. I had, just wait. Just wait. You know, in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the armor of God, and it talks about, you know, take up the sword of the Spirit and the blessed, blessed, <laughs> the breastplate of righteousness and, and all this stuff, and then he, and he says this, he says, and, and take up the shield of faith. Well, what do you do with a shield of faith? You, you hold on to it. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, well, what do you mean? <laughs> you, you just hold on to it. What was that? You mean just hold on? You just wait. You just hold on to faith. You just, you just, you just hold on and wait for God to make a way, and you just hold on to faith and allow all of those crazy fiery arrows of the enemy to just—they'll just bounce off. They might stick to the shield for a while, but you can knock them off. You just have to hold on to the shield of faith. Uh, be strong and let your heart take courage. How do I do that? By waiting. <laughs> and as we wait, the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up like rings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. <laughs> Next slide. Behold, come behold the works of the Lord who has wrought desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease. He goes on and on and on. Um, the Lord of hosts is with us. Uh, I will be exalted in the nations. The Lord is with us. Um, God of Jacob is our stronghold. Again, he, brings, he mentions that again. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Now listen for a second. I was thinking about this, and I know that in a sense, he's saying like he's our refuge, like he's like this. You remember, if you grew up in church, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. I just run into it. Nobody knows that song. <laughs> Obviously, it's not an alliance song. Um, must be a Pentecostal song. <laughs> so he talks about this stronghold. So as much as he's saying that God is a stronghold and a refuge and all that, I also think, you know, the, the scripture talks about strongholds in the mind, and we're always trying to get broken out of bad strongholds. 
But as we focus on the Lord, as we wait on him, as we allow faith to build in our hearts, he becomes a stronghold in our thinking. So that not in the negative, but so it's like, you know what? I'm so full of faith. I'm so full of hope. I'm so stinking excited for what God is up to. That like, yeah, it's like a stronghold in my mind. People are like, what is wrong with you? Why are you so positive? I have a stronghold. It's from God. And I know everything's going to be okay. I remember when my daughter was like two and a half years old and um, I don't, you know, I take stuff kind of personally that happens like if a child is, is, you know, kidnapped or something like that, I feel it, like I'm upset, right? And so I was, I was getting ready, I was going to preach, I don't remember if it was a Friday or a Saturday night or a Sunday, but I'm sitting and I'm preparing my sermon and I'm like, it's not, it's not, it's just not coming together. And my daughter is sitting there playing with these little dolls. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to take a break from preparing my sermon, and I am going to play with her. So we're sitting at the table, and I was like, ah, with the thing. I'm a monster. And she's like, ah. And I'm like, are you afraid of monsters? And she's like, no. And I'm like, why not? And she goes, because God loves us, and he tells us not to be afraid. I was like, Anyway, next slide. (laughs) God is as close as the mention of his name. My first pastor, like the guy who water baptized me, he would always say this. He'd say, he is as near and close as the mention of his name. Well, he didn't sound that much like Sean Connery. Um, (laughs) But he used to say that all the time. And here's the truth of the matter. I know it sounds like in my mind, I'm like, that's cheese. Serious cheese, like, um, the Bible says, the Lord is near to all who call upon him. Listen to me. As soon as you say, Jesus, no matter what I'm doing, no matter how busy I am or what I, if one of my kids says, Dad, I will stop, like, everything and I'm like what and I have like like I'm sorry but like I love everyone but I will stop everything if one of my kids needs something and as I've been a dad now I see so much what a reflection it is of the father heart of God for us as his kids as soon as you say the name Jesus heaven is listening The God of the angel armies. God who is our source of strength and stronghold. The God who is faithful to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. The God who is above every other name. The God who is higher than every disease and every problem and every dysfunction. The God who is above relational breakdown and sickness and dysfunction and sin. As soon as you say the name Jesus, Heaven is listening. The Lord is near all who call upon him. To all who call upon him in truth, he will fulfill the desires of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and save them. Next slide. There's 
There's a passage, the story of scripture in 1 Samuel 30. It's where David and his mighty men have gone off to war to fight and they left their wives and their children at camp and the enemy, can I have the band come? The enemies, while David is off fighting, one of their enemies comes in to where the wives and children are, plunders the camp and takes them as, takes them as, uh, as prisoners. And even David's own soldiers, they're, they're, they start talking about, well, you guys, we've been following David now. And look where it's gotten us. Our kids have been taken captive. Our wives have been taken. They've plundered us. And even his closest soldiers begin kind of saying, maybe it's time for an overhaul here. Maybe David is not the leader. And David is completely just heartbroken. And the Bible says this. It says that he, he encouraged himself in the Lord. There's a time and a place to have friends and confidants and people who you can call and talk to who can encourage you and you can share your heart. Sometimes in life the phone doesn't ring and you don't get an encouraging note and there's no Facebook likes. And in those moments, those are the moments when we need to learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Begin to have just a little conversation with yourself. Oh, the mountains might be falling and slipping and sliding into the sea, but what else is true? Oh yeah, there, there's, there's chaos everywhere, and what about the government, and what about the economy, and what about this, and what about that, and what about, all of these things are all details. What else is true? What else is true is that God is your refuge and your strength. He's an ever-present help in trouble. What else is true is that you are the head and not the tail above and not beneath. He that is in you is greater than he who is in the world. God has a thoughts that are prelude to his actions. God thinks and then God does. And the Bible says that God's thoughts toward you are to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future, to build you up, to encourage you, to bless you. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand with me? I'm going to pray in closing. Did this help anyone today? Let's pray. Lord, you know every situation and every circumstance, Lord, not only of those who are in this room, but those who will watch online or who are listening or whatever. Lord, I just speak that word out into the heart of every person and into the atmosphere of the God who is right here, right now. Lord, I thank you that you are our stronghold. Lord, you are our deliverer. You are our strong tower. You are the God who sees everything. Lord, your hands, your arms are not too short to save. Your ears are not dull of hearing. Your eyes are not dull of sight. And you're here now in our midst. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, can we say amen? Amen.